Hi, it's Manuel Judice here and welcome to episode number 28. This is the podcast uh, Leading Your Change Initiative and as part of season 2 today I want to talk about listening. Uh, listening is uh, often considered one of these you know, soft skills and and it's, we can't really uh, reconcile listening with any you know hardcore or hard financial metrics so you know why that is important. However, uh, one of the three objectives I've mentioned that in, in other episodes is that one of the um, the key objectives, and that and those comes as a result of a lot of different interviews and having spent a lot of time with different projects and leaders in charge of those projects, but also you know the impacted business areas. What you find is that primarily a project is usually considered a success when it actually delivers uh, what it does, it is and has planned to do, which is basically a solution that's fit for purpose. It, it does it within specific time frames, within on time and on budget where possible, or as close as possible to those you know targets. And thirdly, um, the project doesn't want to disrupt the business. Right? So you're introducing a technology, you change a platform, a collaboration tool, a, an app or a set of apps or applications, uh, and and the business utilizes, understands the value of it, understands why that is important, and they, they are trained up. They understand it, but they also have uh, built the, the competencies, the, the capability, the knowledge, and the, the ability to go and use those, those systems and you know, the, the, the results of that change. Um, why why is listening important then? Uh, because uh, when you st- once you um, you start looking at the third of these three objectives, which is basically having make, making sure there is minimal disruption to the business as your business is on board, what I actually mean is 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 about leaving leaving aside the technical component of your project and start endorsing the people side of your project. In other words. Your your business, the, the the impacted areas across your business, will have to um, change their behavior in order to ensure that those benefits are realized. For example, uh, there's little or no point rolling out a new collaboration tools if people don't use it to create synergies. If you don't use it as a platform to work on projects, there is no point rolling out an, an agile framework if people stick to you know waterfall practices. So to, to, to reap the benefits of this changing, there is a, a mindset shift oftentimes, but also a behavioral shift has to come as a result of it. And it, that's, that's absolutely necessary. So in my experience, one of the key aspects and the way they get captured when we work um, with senior leaders, with both new and established leaders and in initiatives is that the, the tends, sometimes it tends to be overlooked, but a change, um, a change practitioner or a change capability, a change management capability will tend to create what we call a, a resistance management plan. And the purpose of resistance management plan is, you know, it kind of says, it says uh, what it is. It's to manage resistance, avoid it, anticipate where possible, tackle it, and, and, and gives you tactics on how to go about and, you know, overcoming it. Um, what I what I found is that over time is that I've been involved in many 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 conversations with both senior leaders and in, in meetings and uh, strategic um, you know strategic also boardroom meetings but also you know senior leadership meetings where plans were being defined and and, and the stakeholders were being this down the case for change the business case was was born, was, was being identified. And, and what you find is that um, um, the, 
there is a there very there is a very strong perception um, um, that the that the change will be encountered uh, with resistance. There's a very there's a strong idea that the business will not be rewarded. We we probably will disrupt the business. You know there is there's strong politics here and there, or you know the process the new process will be unacceptable. You know a sales a sales sales organization will not accept that. They will not be on board with it. So there's a lot of pushbacks and. And and people tend to uh, when when there is a perception of resistance, uh, project teams, delivery team tends to freeze up, and tend to stop having those necessary conversations that will move that will move the project forward. Uh, moving the project forward means it's very much in alignment with delivering on time and on budget. But when you find is that the perceived resistance, it actually paralyzes everyone in the project because no one wants to make a decision. Very few are kind of empowered. Or are open to make decisions, and also um, it's it kind of the project stagnates because if you don't if you don't make decisions, then you you don't unleash um, you know you don't unlock resources. You can't assign um, activities, and you can't actually you know action your plans. You can't implement it, and and that that sense of stagnation. Um, tend to paralyze any project teams, and that's one also the reasons why the um, you know a lot of projects fail to meet to be delivered on time, and also on budget. The two are related or can be related. So, so and a lot of this comes down to resistance. But uh, in reality, what I found is by as I said, working directly with these uh, sorts of project teams and senior teams as well as implementation teams and people across the business managers and employees that have been impacted by the change. In reality, a lot of the objections that are um, anticipated, they just perceived resistance. When you start having a, a change, uh, um, a resistance management plan, you tend to start interviewing people and gathering feedback. Sometimes anecdotal, but, anecdotal, but oftentimes these are structured interviews one-to-one or structure meetings or photo group focus groups and you'll find that actually people are not resistance they're not resistance at all so the resistance itself is just a perceived effort it's just a perceived obstacle that oftentimes isn't there and in my experience um, um, the what, what what is the top you know, the top two the top um, trigger what's the top driver actually to you know have a better and accurate view of whether the, the business will support us as a project versus they want and actually develop the scale of listening is that is at the core of it it's at the very core of it many of the projects that are supported um, impacted different countries globally across different regions um, um, North America, Latin, Latin America, Europe, Middle East, Africa, Asia. And the defensiveness, people are very reluctant, above all on large projects, people can be in project teams very reluctant to pick up the, pick up the phone and have a conversation with someone that is in a different functional area across the business, but also in a different geographical area. There are you know, language barriers, there are cultural barriers, there are functional barriers, People prefer sending it kind of safer. It feels safer to send an email, you know, break, break everything down and expect an understanding uh, the, from, from the person that receives the email. But oftentimes that's quite tricky. 
And in, in my view and in my direct observation and experience is that this is one of the this is one of the underlying reasons why resistance uh, comes into place. But what you what you can do to overcome that is to it's a two two three two tips that I really want to share with you. Number one is um, make sure that yes you define a, a resistance management plan. Um, oftentimes you will have senior leaders on in in the in the room or the sponsor that you know will have to understand what the anticipated resistance is and what it, sh- it looks like, and and but then validate it, validate it. There is a restriction questionnaire, a set of questions that you will ask. By you don't have to be. It doesn't have to be made that formal, but a set of questions whereby you really check in with the person. Uh, operational in each of these countries, subject matter experts, managers, supervisors, employees. You can also use um, SurveyMonkey or you know one-minute, two-minute service where you kind of touch on different aspects of the change. And you can really have a very uh, once you once you look at this structure, these interviews, or you build this me- this this feedback mechanism. What we will actually find is that a lot of resistance that you think was there, it is actually uh, only perceived. But although it is perceived from a project delivery perspective, it's enacted. So people in your project team will not make a conversation. They will not start doing the process mapping, for example, because the perception is that, you know, we'll have to wait for, because people are resisting to change. But oftentimes, these, the, the monstrous... Um, obstacle of resistance and the people you know trying to boycott the 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 change it doesn't correspond to reality what is actually happening is that people are not having the conversation that need to be had and they're not capturing the resistance for what it is and this gigantic uh, perceived perceivably perceived as gigantic effort it isn't that gigantic it's quite straightforward and this is also valuable because um, once you once you've identified when you start actually you've been able to, to to listen to what your business has to say and what what where they actually stand in terms of the understanding of the project initiative understanding of the impact understanding of why we're doing it now the implications of not doing it what are the risks involved people start your business areas start getting quite a good um, grasp a bit quite quite a lot of context and it allows them also to speak up because you're providing a two-way mechanism as i said i shared quite a few um you know ways of doing that you know service but face-to-face is usually the the best the best way to do it and you know pick and select strategic um business partners or stakeholders within your business that will impact them by the change and have the conversation have a distraction interviews where you go over you know what the perception is of the change What's happening? How will it impact them? What's what are their concerns? What you'll find out is that um, your your change plan, as a result of those conversations, your change plans, so your communication plan, your engagement plan, your training, and your capability plan, will be significantly more accurate because you will be ba- you'll be basing your um, change management engagements or your communication engagement plans. On the back of uh, real data, which is qualitative feedbacks, which is real conversations, and you don't have to, and that element of uncertainty that comes from not knowing exactly where things will go wrong because we think that everyone has been resistant, it isn't a factor in place. 
So I can underline the value of this uh, as soon as possible during the um, you know startup, if you will, um, stage initiation stage of a project. Whereby yes, you you have a you have a go as a as a leadership as a project team as a leadership team to identify the potential pockets of resistance, but then lay out a plan where you can actually start having conversations with key key stakeholders. What you'll find out is what you believe is resistant um, from their point of view. You will find found that you might find that they do not understand. People don't 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 have a bigger picture. They haven't been provided a context yet. Secondly. They do not. They are resistance to the how the project will be implemented, but not necessarily to the to the reasoning behind it, to the rationale for it. So you just have to work through the reasons why you know the the how you, you're going to go about implementing it. And and number three, the other the other value of it is that um, um, you actually find out that some people that have been provided with information they didn't actually understand it. So you you really know this this conversation are really valuable because they quite literally dictate and drive a lot of the, the your change and engagement strategy, and and as we know the your ability as a project team to deliver on time and on budget, but also to deliver a solution that's fit for purpose and the people buy into and you know prepare to endorse, it's very uh, directly related to um, the business um, being on board with it, you know not resisting it. So um, and 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 having this type of conversation is really really important, and um, and and it's quite it's quite it's quite helpful also in the sense that um, you have a very early sense of where the business is at in the change journey, and you're actually starting very early, developing a relationship which is quite honest and transparent with different areas of the business. A lot of the times, these conversations do not take place, and by those not happening, um, we're creating um, phantom fears um, that will basically overshadow the entire project implementation at different stages. But what a actual result of is a you know a kind of a silo mentality. We are the project team, they are the business. We sit in our room and you know we kind of think that we know what it is that we're thinking. And once you break the initial silo. Um, uh, thinking or mindset, you will find out that the business that is impacted is far more friendly and approachable, and they are asking genuine questions because they want to know what is happening, how will it impact them, and they work. They want to work through the details with you on, you know, how to go about um, tackling all of those gaps.